Hey, this is Scott Todnam, and you're listening to the Life is the Future podcast, a podcast for health education, middle school, and life in general. It's episode 17 of season three of our podcast. Here's this week's hosts, Naomi and Zoe. Hey guys, welcome back to Life is the Future podcast. Um, it's your host, me, Naomi. And I'm Zoe. And we have our special guest. This is the first time ever that we've done this. We have two teachers, Miss Cushing and Mr. Weiss. Can you guys say hi? Hi, everybody. Thanks for having us. Hello, podcast world. Good to, good to be able to be on here finally. I've listened a bunch. Oh, thank you. Today, our topic is like about generations and like how us Gen Z grew up versus like how other generations grew up. Okay, so the first question I would like is, how do you think generations differ from each other? Well, I, I guess I'll take this one, uh, or I'll start with this one, Ms. Cushing. I'll definitely go in, because Ms. Cushing and I feel like there's a generational gap sometimes when we're talking, uh, and one of those pieces would be music-related and uh, what's popular and what's uh, interesting at the time, um, that there are certain things that some generations connect on just one just little chorus of a song that that's like, that's like an anthem song for some generations and other generations are like, I've never even heard that song. So different ways it can connect. Um, the fact that, uh, I mean, students in school right now, you guys don't know a world without having technology right away. Like the fact that you'd have to go to the library to look someone up to uh, be able to tell someone something as compared to like having all the information at your fingers or those kinds of things. I would say um, just being able to be more patient and reliant on that information as opposed to, oh, let me uh, Google it real quick and find the answer to that. Yeah, I was going to say something similar. I think the biggest thing um, or the biggest difference between our generations is that technology piece um, and how school looks so much different, especially now with the pandemic and just our reliance on technology, um, where that wasn't necessarily even a possibility um, when Mr. Weiss and I were students. So I think that's really awesome that we have that tool and we're able to interact with one another um, and still be able to have class on Zoom and different things like that. And also it allows us to do a lot more cool things um, in class as well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, especially with like the music, because I know like, like our music is a lot different. My mom always brags about how her music back then was so much better than this one. (laughs) (laughs) How hers, how they had like better, like, um, like preferences back then for music and just for like everything else in general. It's a lot different compared to now. Yeah, I agree with you because I do think their music was better than, I mean, some of our music is better. But their music, I'd rather be in their generation than the generation we're in now just because of the style they had and the music they listened to and how people used to go skating and do all that fun stuff instead of being on technology all day. Yeah. What do you think your generation would have been like if you had grew up like us? Oh, wow. Well, being a younger teacher, I feel that my generation is very similar to yours. So I believe technically I'm a millennial. So 
we have, I was right on the cusp of all the technology um, being offered to us as kids. I remember having a flip phone and having to press like the A three times to get the letter C, um, <laughs> believe it or not. Yes. So being younger and still kind of understanding like TikTok and all these different things that you guys use on a daily basis, um, that's still pretty prevalent in my generation. I feel like we would be somewhat similar. Yeah, I would say for my generation, if we were moved up, I I just wonder what things would have looked different for my generation. The fact that I didn't grow, I didn't have a cell phone until I was well into college. I did, social media did not exist. And I know you guys have covered social media. The ideas of like things with bullying, things with all of those things, for that kind of stuff to happen, I had to pick up the phone and call someone and actually talk to them texting wasn't a thing just being able to connect with someone real quick like you'd have to call their house and talk to their mom or dad and say is that person home like those kinds of connections just to have an immediate part in there and then on top of that having the lasting permanent impact of putting stuff out on social media and have going back and looking at stuff man i look at my social my facebook account and look at stuff that i posted like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when it was like brand new, I was like, who cares? Why did I write that down? Like that it was just silly stuff or weird stuff. Um, But at the same time, like what would that have been like if I was a 14 year old putting that kind of stuff out there? Like what things would be out there that would be like, you guys know that that stuff's out there and people are able to see it, screenshot it. And whether for the good or bad, be able to hold that on you that I think, man, what were some of my thoughts back then? I'm sure glad that some of those weren't kind of kept to be permanent forever. So for my generation, if we were in that, I would uh, be interested, but also scared to see what that would look like today, which is one thing that I have concern that I worry about just for kids to know, like, all right, when you're getting into social media, know that a screenshot is very easy to do and people can hold on to that. And to know like your thoughts, like, what are you putting out there for others to see? Yeah. Cause like, there's a like now that we have like the whole like everybody has their own cell phone and everything it's a lot more privacy compared to like how you said like you have to like call the person's house and ask their mom if they're home or not and like <laughs> but like sometimes that's not like all this privacy is a little like too much like you still have to like watch your kids because there's a lot of stuff on the internet that's like not exactly pg-13 and it's like um it's very hard to like protect your kids from that everybody like everybody they know was like doing the same thing and like there's no like safeguard for that yeah because i think with our generation we have more access to things now than i think our parents did when they were our age so that could be like really challenging but i like but imagine being the same like the same age as your parents at the same time it would be weird because we have two different experiences so you never know I think those are great points that you're bringing up. And I think to having access to, like you said, more PG 13 topics, even when um, at the middle school level, I mean, that could be viewed as a negative, but could also be viewed as a benefit that, Hey, maybe some people are mature enough to handle some of those more difficult conversations um, and able to realize um more of what's right and what's wrong and have your voice heard a little bit more than 
I would say we were in eighth grade, um, just because I wasn't exposed to a lot of what you guys have with social media. Yeah, for me, generationally, I think that that piece is one thing that there's lots of conversations about, like, as a 14 year old, I wasn't exposed to nearly any fraction. And I'm, I'm 14 years old times a few. Um, Any of that stuff, then to think like, all right, what what's the ideal for a 14 year old to be? I mean, we've got a lot of pretty mature 14 year olds and kind of that feel of like, for me as um, uh, quite a few years away from being in eighth grade, my thought is like, all right, what's the ideal? Is it to keep your childhood or to be exposed to things to go in those things at at what level um, of maturity is important? And like, how do you use that power? And how do you use that information to say, you know what, maybe I need less of this or, huh, now that I know that, how can I guide my guide my uh, direction for where I'm going with uh, what's important to me. So there's a a, a big balance with those things. There's a lot more power that's out there um, for, for kids to be able to have a voice. um, But understanding like where, where the line of, of the level of what's important and what, what can and should be done in that, I think. Going off of what Mr. Weiss just said, that leads to my next question. I was going to ask, what do you guys think of Gen Z? Ms. Cushing knows I'm so out of it yeah, with all of that. We're alive. Yeah, we're I think you guys are wonderful. You guys are great. I just know that there's so much um, negative things said on social media about Gen Z, but there's so many great things that you all do. Um it's so funny that you mentioned that. I mean, as a um, younger millennial, I see a lot of like, I'm finally on the cusp of like not being like that generation anymore. Um, so what I mean by that is like the TikToks that say like what's on trend, you know, like we've talked about, um, and this is a joke, but like the middle part and the mom jeans <laughs> and you can't wear this or you can't wear that. Um that's my perspective of Gen Z and like just how you're changing things and um, mostly for the better. Like I said, you're bringing things to light and um, you have the power and those tools to do that with social media and different things like that. I think just going off of what Mr. White said, it needs to be, um, it's a very important to remember the fact that once it's out there, it's out there forever. I think that's just like one of the major points. So, yeah, I feel like um, like Gen Z, like us, are a lot more open about like things that like in the past. Like now that we know like better things that in the past, like that's not that wasn't exactly like the right, right. Like how like like cancel culture, how like they be doing it. Except sometimes they be taking a little too far, but like. just like knowing now like yeah that's not that's like that's not right and then we try to like it to make sure like it doesn't happen again but i also think that's we um get that from our parents now that we're more well aware it's about the household you grow up in like i think our parents teach us good morals most of the time (laughs) most people teach their um kids good morals so that's coming from our parents and i guess what they learn from their parents and we're kind of sort of replicas of our parents but not really yeah and like going into like social media and like online a lot of the stuff 
like how, like compared to like how you guys were, because like I know Mr. Y said he didn't get a phone until he was like in college. Like, how did you guys deal with like the social media and all like the like, oh, I wish I was like her or like, did you guys have that type of situation since you didn't really like see on Instagram and like see the people scrolling through looking all like photoshopped and everything like that? Well, I'll start as the uh, the person. I didn't have social media until I'd been married for like four or five years. Like, so for me, like I was secure in like, I didn't have to look at it as like the, uh, oh, this person looks this way or this person looks this way. Like I was secure in my, my own like relational status. I wasn't worried about like, ooh, that person changed their uh, relational status on something. Hmm, maybe I'll give them a call, see if see what they're doing this weekend. Like that wasn't anything that was in that for me. So social media wise, once I got it, it wasn't anything that was like, it was more of a, huh, I wonder what my friends from college are doing and like connecting in that way as adults. So I didn't have the, uh, the ups and downs of like watching people's relationships and watching um, just the decisions on that. Now that certainly have seen some of those things unfold, but not at the, uh, at the speed that uh, people may have had at, at a little bit further away from that. Um, you guys probably see, see something different from me, but that hasn't been a huge impact on me being a little bit older. And as a younger teacher, I think, um, well, I didn't have social media until high school. And at that time, Facebook was like your Snapchat type of thing. And so um, the coolest thing was like adding a friend on Facebook. So it's very different than everything that's on social media now, like Mr. Weiss was saying. Um, but I think a lot of us um, now get our news from social media and different things like that, where it wasn't viewed that way um, when it first came out or like when it was first popular. Um, I just remember people were like posting pictures of their breakfast and their, their dinner. Uh, but that was like what you did. So it's definitely changed quite a bit, especially, like I said, because you do have, there's so much news and it's instant access to almost everything that's happening in the world. When it comes to like things that are happening in the world, like us, Gen Z, we get it instantly. Like we, for like from our phones, we get it like immediately. And like, we like write, you know how like, like Black Lives Matter, now Asian Lives Matter, like how it was, um, at like the capital, which don't really, we don't want to claim that, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like, we like take action really quickly. For you guys, it might've took a long, longer time just because like you didn't have that instant, like notice that you got the information right away. Like, what did you guys do? The way we really got our news was like watching the TV or talking to other people. Um, it wasn't necessarily on our phones because the phones didn't have internet. Um, and the way we talked about the news, again, was typically on the TV or conversing with each other in person, which is crazy to think about. But that's how we talked about what was happening. Um, it wasn't posted for millions of people to see. I, one of those jobs, I was a boy, which means the, uh, the newspaper, they deliver a huge stack of papers to my driveway. I them up and all that and up to the specific houses on a few streets. And I remember one morning as I was folding it up and putting it into the plastic sleeve, um, I saw on there that uh, there was a guy, he, uh, um, uh, 
there was someone at one of the other high schools. I was in middle school at the time, but he was a basketball star at this high school. And the night before he'd been shot and he died. And I remember sitting there going like, that was information I was getting the next day. And it was just this little blurb because that's all they knew about that, that, that there was just a small little bit of information. And then it was like, okay, I can't wait to see the newspaper tomorrow to see what they're going to say about it. And compare that to now, if that had happened, social media would have exploded within 15 minutes of that happening. That it was like, all right, we've got this information tomorrow. I'm in, interested to see the newspaper the next day to be like, what happened? Either that or you called friends and then you're just like friends from friends, like all of the connections on that, that you're getting just bad info, uh, which I guess that still happens. But yeah, watching TV, getting stuff from the newspaper, getting all that, like the idea of um, getting any of that information did not come out fast um, and it wasn't easily available to us. So certainly different than to now where you just go on Twitter, hit type in a little thing and see what's trending. And it's like, oh, there's on the information I need. Yeah, I definitely think that's a big difference since people don't read newspapers as much anymore. I actually never even seen a newspaper. Like I barely see them now. <laughs> like, I've, only seen, <laughs> I've only seen like two or three in my whole entire life. I think that's a bad thing. But it's a that's amazing. Thing. <laughs> but to be fair, Zoe, you've looked online and read from those newspapers that were like from the paper version to the online version. Yeah, but the paper version, I've only seen like three. <laughs> but online, I've seen a whole bunch. So there's a big, okay. there's a big difference there because I know that we depend on technology more now than you guys did when you were our age. And your parents, like when they had to use chalkboards and just the big difference of technology usage. How was the way that you guys grew up, like in your generation, influenced you? That's such a great question. Um, I think a lot of the way I grew up came from my parents and other adults around me. Um, whereas, and correct me if I'm wrong, your generation has people from all ages interacting with each other. As um, a middle schooler, we got our information from educators and parents and different things like that. So a lot of what I've learned is from my parents and um, they kind of shaped me into who I am today and the values that I have. Um, and also a lot of the educators that I've had, um, especially in the middle school and the high school that have um, shaped me to to be a teacher um, and taught me some of those core values. For me, growing up, to shaping me to how I am, um, I'm going to give that this from the dad perspective. I've got four kids that, uh, for me, growing up, I played basketball in the driveway like every day. All like, or we played. We had a field behind us, and we'd like set out like we'd bring out buckets or whatever, and those would be like first, second, third base, and home plate. And we do different things and always being out and going around. And then for me as a dad, it's like, I want that more than I want my kids to be really good at video games or to be really good at stuff that like for at our house, our kids don't have social media. They don't have things. They have specific time, like on the clock time that they're able to be on technology. Otherwise they're outside, they're doing something else. So for me, it's kind of a, 
the, what I alluded to earlier, like trying to keep things just simple and easy for um, my kids as they're growing up, that they don't have to be inundated with other things that I'm just trying to keep them kids as long as we can, because inevitably they'll, uh, they'll be growing up soon enough. So that's influenced me as a dad. Um, and then as, as a person, it's just one of those things that I didn't grow up always needing technology. So trying to make it that it's like, all right, I I want to not be as dependent, but I'll tell you what, I still, my phone's right at my fingertips if I need it. So just trying to balance that difference there. I do agree with Miss Cushing about her teachers shaping who she is today, because I know my middle school and then I know my high school teachers will do it too. They actually do shape you as a person because of all the great advice that they give you and their different perspectives on lives, even though they're probably same generation range, but still the teachers help shape your perspective of life as well. Yeah, for me, it was like, like when I was younger, the way I grew up, like before I like, you know, got my phone or whatever, I'd be playing outside all day. I'd like come home all dirty and everything. My mom would get so mad at me because I smelled like outside and everything. (laughs) And then, (laughs) and then like, once I got my phone, it was like, kind of like it was like one year where I was like okay I'll still play outside but then it was kind of like a shut off because it was like like I'm, re- I'm like really mad that it was because I still like want to like play outside and do all the things that I did when I was younger but like it's not the same anymore like I feel like I kind of like missed the opportunity a little bit but like yeah for our last question I would like to ask how what would you teach your younger versions of yourselves I would teach, I I always play this game, the younger version of myself to where I am now. I don't want the younger version of myself to be doing too many different things because had I done too many different things, I probably could have gone to a different college, could have done different things. And I wouldn't have met my wife. If I didn't meet my wife, my life wouldn't look the same as it is. And I love my wife and I love my life right now. So going on that first piece on the the looking back with regrets, I'm where I am right now because of that part. But one thing I probably, if, if I get to keep uh, my family life, keep the family structure and all that um, going, one thing that I, I wish I would have uh, spent more time doing um, is just spend time around people who are older. Like I knew my grandparents, uh, but I didn't know them well. Like they would tell me, Hey, can you move that over there? Or can you do that? But I, I, after I'd help them out by mowing the lawn or going and doing stuff to help them out because they were older, I didn't go and sit next to them and talk to them, like to, to get that, that relationship there as much. Um, so my, I would tell my younger self, get to know the people who aren't going to be here forever. Like get to know people more because once they're gone, they're gone. I think the thing I would say to my younger self really at any age is to, um, is that it's really important to work hard and strive for your goals. Absolutely. But it's also really important to take time for yourself. Um, your mental health is really important. And I think with a lot of the pressures and different things that we have in our community and our society to, to go above and beyond all the time are great. Like, like I said, you should definitely achieve those goals that you have. Um, but focusing on things that make you happy and doing things with people and 
having those positive interactions and playing with your dog. If you have one, like those type of things, um, are definitely what I would tell myself if I, if I could go back in time. I got one last quick one. If I could tell my, my 14 year old self, uh, one, one thing to change to realize that, uh, relationships with like the pursuing things for dating, like all of that stuff, like I spent way more time thinking about that stuff, that that stuff really didn't matter long. Like as I got further along, like less time on that, more time on just developing myself in other ways. Okay. Um, for me, like telling my younger self something, I know I'm like still pretty young, but like, you know, like seven year old self or something like that. Spend as much time as you possibly can, like doing like whatever you want. Well, not like whatever you want, but like try to get things done that you know you probably won't be able to do in the future. Sorry, my <laughs> family's really loud. <laughs> um, like how I said, like, I wish I had gone outside more and spent more time with like my friends and everything like that. Like, even if like, like my younger self, even if like you're like, oh, I just don't want to do it. At least try to like get something in, like whether you're, like spending time with your friend, your family too. Just like, just, like do it before it's gone. What I would tell my younger self is to also spend more time with family and friends because you have to cherish those moments. Even if it's just like talking to your friend in school, still cherish those moments and also work hard, but not too much. Don't overdo it. Take time for yourself and you don't always have to feel obligated to do things. Just make sure you have it all under control. So this concludes the end of episode 17. Um, Don't forget to tune in in two weeks for Tommy and David's podcast. And I would like to thank Mr. Weiss and Ms. Cushing for being the best two guests that we had and our first teachers. You girls are doing a great job. I always look forward to hearing what you guys got. Yeah, thank you so much for inviting us on the podcast and asking some really great questions today. Some of them are kind of tough. Of course. We try to make it as hard as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. All right, thanks to Ms. Cushing and Mr. Weiss for joining Naomi and Zoe this week. This was the first time that we've had adults on interviewed by our eighth grade hosts. What a great idea. And Naomi and Zoe are getting better and better at this, just like Tommy and David, our other hosts on this school year. They are really finding their own. They're starting to get good at the interview process, making it conversational, coming up with topics, and it's all on the eighth graders. They're making this their thing. This is their podcast after all, and they decided they wanted to talk about the differences in generations. And that's a fantastic concept. We were able to hear about things like the internet, social media. How do we receive news? How fast does that news spread? Also, the social interactions that we have and how that stuff kind of changes. We also heard about school and the social interactions between people. All great topics to bring up and I'm very glad that they brought up that last question. What would you recommend to your younger self? What would you teach the younger version of you if you had the chance? 
Huge thanks to Miss Cushing and Mr. Weiss for jumping in as teachers and taking on this podcast episode with Naomi and Zoe. Because they brought it up, and just for fun, let's check out a few quick statistics about technology use, specifically smartphone use, across generations. According to the Pew Research Center, more than 93% of millennials own and use a smartphone. Those are people who turn ages 25 to 40 this year, millennials. Let's compare that to Generation X. 90% of Gen Xers own a smartphone. Those are people who turn ages 41 to 56 this year. Only 68% of baby boomers own smartphones. Those are people who turn ages 57 to 75 this year. And finally, just 40% of the silent generation own smartphones. Those are people who turn ages 76 to 93 years old this year in 2021. Let's compare all of that to Generation Z, our teenagers right now. We've said this before on previous episodes, multiple times in fact, but 95% of teens right now in 2021 have access to a smartphone, with 45% of those teens saying that they are online, quote, almost constantly. All right, I'm excited to see if this is gonna continue. Maybe this is something that we could do once or twice each school year. Invite a couple of teachers on, some adults, just a different point of view as the eighth graders learn leadership skills, communication skills, advocacy skills, and decision-making while developing this podcast. To all our listeners, thanks so much for sticking with us this far into our school year. We are going to continue after spring break, so you'll hear from us in about two weeks' time. We'll return with Tommy and David, as well as Naomi and Zoe, as we complete our season three of the Life is the Future podcast. If you like what we're doing, please give us a review. That helps this podcast grow and reach our listeners. And of course, we hope everyone out there is safe, healthy, and happy. As always, thanks for listening.